Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. Well, speaking to Marl Kwaja was um, absolutely enlightening and insightful. Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating journey that she's had. And I thought she was really honest, open, vulnerable, all the things that just made her her whole proposition so real. Genuine. congruence of Authentic. It. Yeah. I think the guys listening will think they'll really relate to that. I think. Absolutely. And being a dentist, her insights in terms of the needs of the dental, wider dental team, you know, acknowledging the loneliness of, of working in practice and the stresses that mm. go with it and putting together tools to help people on an ongoing basis Mm. yeah and i think the fact of uh, by listening to her hopefully people will feel that they can do something and act on something Mm. you know don't keep it hidden and keep it yourself yeah absolutely and that whole approach of it being a preventative lifelong journey as opposed to you know an immediate quick fix yeah yeah definitely no it was really good really enjoyable so welcome to our latest episode of dentology the business of dentistry podcast and today we're joined by Maruk Kwaja. Maruk is a dentist, a positive psychologist, and also the CEO of Mind Ninja. Welcome, Maruk. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, pleasure. No, Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we kind of get into the whole business side of things and where you've positioned yourself in dentistry, which is a, a fascinating space in itself. What, what was the beginning like for you? What were you like as a kid? You know, how did you find yourself in the world of dentistry? Yeah, really great question. I was really creative as a kid. So I loved painting, drawing. I wanted to be a writer. That was my big passion. And I um, was really kind of interested in pursuing a creative career And it got to me being 16 and I was thinking, how am I going to make a living? Not quite (laughs) sure it's going to work out. Like maybe I can still be creative, but do it on the side. Um, And being Pakistani, I think uh, particularly in our culture, um, there are certain respectable careers. Um, (laughs) And I I knew that I wanted to work with people. Um, That was really important. My mum is a doctor. And so what seemed to be kind of a natural choice thinking about potentially pharmacy or dentistry. And I did some work experience when I was 16 with an absolute amazing dentist in uh, Kent. And his approach to dentistry was really cool. So he'd been at the practice for about 10 years and he would see his patients and talk to them as though they were friends. So they would literally have these amazing conversations. He knew about their lives, um, you know, really uh, empathetic uh, dentist. And then he would spend maybe a few minutes doing the actual dentistry. Um, He was constantly overriding, but literally like everyone loved him. And it just really kind of fell into place that uh, yes, uh, this is a great way of helping people, not just, uh, you know, with their teeth, but holistically um, being mm. part of the community and making a meaningful difference when it comes to things like self-esteem. Um, so all of those things are really kind of important. I started getting really interested in psychology around that time as well. So 
I think for me, it was important to have that um, profession that was integrated with people. And I was doing something of purpose and serving. Um, so and that creativity was- as well, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. You can use that in dentistry. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I, I did kind of really didn't appreciate that in dental school, however. So it was more when I graduated um, and started exploring things like aesthetic dentistry, did I kind of explore that creative side within um, dentistry. And then obviously uh, from that journey to my ninja, thinking of creative ways um, of mm-hmm. using my strengths um, and, and kind of going back to the stuff I loved to do when I was younger, um, so I use a lot of creativity within my teaching, within my coaching, making products. And so mm-hmm. it's been so fun to bring that um, younger Marl back into the fold. Mm. When did you start Mind Ninja? So I founded it in 2019. Uh, so it's only been actually a few years um, and made you know tremendous uh, progress with it. Um, my kind of journey to it though was on on the on the bout of uh, depression and burnout which happened about seven years ago um I had um I was in a marriage a short marriage and um I was faced with this divorce and I just really didn't want to be divorced I in my head I wanted you know to this was going to be my my future and so I was experiencing this roller coaster of emotions. I had never experienced any mental health issues prior to that, and just literally not knowing how to cope um, with uh, these very difficult, painful emotions, um, and how to be optimistic about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I discovered therapy um, at that point and found that really liberating and, and useful to have some sort of framework. Um, and then I started learning about these psychological tools, and, and that was it. Like it was, it was absolutely amazing. How genuine. Um, I mean, how genuine and authentic does that make it that it comes from a position that you've experienced, as opposed to someone teaching something? Does that make sense that they haven't experienced? That makes it so much more powerful. Yeah, I, I, I do believe so because actually, I had in my dental uh, during my dental degree, I had integrated in psychology, so I had a psycholo- psychology BSc as well as a dental degree, and I do I had had an understanding of um, mental illness, but it's not really until you experience it do you fully appreciate mm-hmm. what that feels like, looks like, how it influences mm-hmm. your relationships, and that loss of meaning and how that. Uh, impacts your well-being in, in a very genuine way um, so yeah certainly I bring all of that to um, kind of forming my ninja um, and that's the passion behind uh, behind my ninja in the first place because as I was looking at the um, the things that were available for us um, within dentistry at that point um, there were there, and there still is much of a focus on crisis points so there were organisations um, that are doing absolutely amazing things, but more for people that have reached burnout and depression. Um, and there wasn't anything at the preventative side of things. And so for me, that that seemed like an obvious void. You know, if we had these tools early on, we can potentially prevent things, uh, occupational hazards such as burnout um, mm. and depression. And, 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 you know, we might not be able to prevent adversities and challenges. We all have that. But 
what psychological tools can we use to help us um, not only get a baseline and reduce those depressive symptoms, but, you know, thrive and flourish and, mm. and increase our quality of life. Um, and just looking at the intervention research around medics and healthcare, um, it's so exciting to see that this is reflected. The psycho- psychological interventions such as mindfulness based programs, self compassion, mm-hmm. CBT, that's what's working. Um, that's what's mm-hmm. reducing those um, burnout uh, rates um, and increasing those positive uh, well being markers. It's a brave thing to do then because also you're making yourself vulnerable, aren't you, when you launched it? Because obviously you've got to tell your backstory behind it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the interesting things, I think, from what you were saying is if at one time, and I don't know how long ago it was, people wouldn't talk about stuff like that. And now people do talk. And, it, and no one who talks about it is seen as being a bit nuts or a bit bonkers or a bit sad. And I think that's very brave of you to do it. Yeah, thank you. Um, it really came from wanting to connect with other dental professionals in an authentic way. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, you uh, do need to share your story and that's how you're going to connect and really help. Um, and so you're, you're right, there's been a lot of upskilling and getting to the point where I'm comfortable with um, sharing the story and um even kind of developing myself in terms of public speaking and um, storytelling. (laughs) That's still a journey I'm going on. So um, all of these beautiful skills I'm learning. So I'm honestly so grateful to have the opportunity and to have gone through um, burnout and depression and the divorce. I've gained so much um, from Mm -hmm. that trauma and so much growth uh, that uh, it's been so positive. Um, Can I ask a question? Why Mind Ninja? Where did that come from? You could have called it anything. So why did you go for Mind Ninja? I think it might might have been from childhood, actually, and, and all the movies I was watching in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and, and there was this concept of being um, a, a ninja in kind of Japanese culture and, and Eastern culture where um, there's an emphasis on the mind and mental fitness. Um, and so when I was kind of exploring the concept of, of creating a well-being startup, I wanted to emphasize that, that just like we build um, the muscles of our body um, and we understand physical fitness, um, how can we um, do the same for our mind? How can we increase mental fitness? And I think uh, a ninja um, of the mind is is a beautiful way of kind of metaphorically uh, gleaning all of that. So um, also it's fun. I just really wanted yeah. to like, again, this is me being creative in a way that perhaps dentistry um, traditionally hasn't hasn't been so um, and perhaps it's been a bit more corporate. Um, mm. I feel like with everything I'm doing, I'm trying to uh, change that and make that more of a fun, memorable experience mm. and something you could connect with. And also, I, I can be quite childish and I am a little kid at times. So, you know, There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, if you see my the, the Mind Flossing Toolkit, for example, it's full of illustrations and um, for me, that makes me happy, and I, I wanted a name that would reflect that and be a bit more playful than. But I think in, it, in itself, I think that breaks down the barrier because you're right. It could be a bit formal, a bit clinical, a bit corporate, 
and one of the things that this topic doesn't need is any of those things. It has to be very accessible, very friendly, very informal. Genuine. I think the name. Was, I think I think the mind flossing talker is a vast. I think I love the name of that. Did you? Did you know that there was a need for this service in dentistry, particularly, or was it more just that because that was the world you were in, um, it was a natural extension, or was there something you knew that was happening in dentistry that would really benefit from the services you had to offer? I think I saw a void, and it seemed obvious to me that this was what was missing, um, and this could help the mental health um, in general of dentistry. So for me, it was... Um, looking at what's working for medics, first of all, like what, what can I glean from the research? What are healthcare professionals doing? Um, what are medics doing really well? Um, and looking at that research. And then um, how can I marry the skills that I have and how can I upskill as well? So I went um, to uni and uh, I trained as a positive psychologist. I completed my master's. Um, I became an accredited mindfulness teacher. Um, and and then have have this and still do have this incredible faith that it's going to pan out because initially it wasn't uh, like, you know, open arms and yes, I will take all your services. And it certainly hasn't been like that. So, so I I would say actually I probably started before my ninja, a, f- a year or two before I founded Empowering Women in Dentistry, which was really um really based on me wanting to create community for women, women that look like me. Uh, I think representation really matters. And I wanted to connect with others. I felt like there was uh, this sense of isolation and loneliness within the profession. And I um, also had a charity conference and wanted to bring well-being in a big way. So I kind of started off that way. And then um, I realized that actually from that journey, that it would be really nice to concentrate on mental well-being for all of us and um and then also kind of launch my ninja so that was the those were the kind of steps but it was really realizing that there's a void um and people aren't talking about prevention and it's not even in the curriculum um learning about science learning about clinician psychology we certainly learn about um the psychology of uh, patient behavior and how to help our patients uh, make positive habits that stick, for example. So I had great teaching by um, Tim Newton at King's around this topic. Um, but, you know, it was realizing that actually if it's in the curriculum early or if yeah. in postgraduate there are courses and conferences and, you know, we do this in a very genuine big way, we can make a big um, mm. culture shift. But um it didn't happen overnight. It's been uh, consistent talking and then just me putting myself out there um, doing things for free. A lot of the time it was like that. Um, I'd go to teams, uh, dental practices and just say, look, hour of your time, I want to talk about mindfulness or I want to show you how you can use CBT and help with your thoughts. Um, and you know, building that kind of um, testimonial um, and trust from um, Mm -hmm. dental professionals uh, who are so busy and sceptical. And I get that as well, because I initially was majorly sceptical coming into mindfulness, for example, um, but kind of showcasing the neuroscience and coming from it at that angle seems to be really helpful um, in getting people to really value well-being and realize that actually 
these intentional activities can make a big difference. Um, I think you're right. I think it does take time for it to filter through. And, and from our experience, we know that dentistry is a stressful profession. We feel like we know people quite hard. But also, I think you touched on it about it being lonely as well. There is a degree of loneliness because whilst they work in teams, they spend a lot of time in the surgery on their own doing something very technical there's not that much engagement and interaction and then when you're not in the surgery you may be working on your business so there isn't actually much downtime to focus on yourself and that that word that you also said in, in when you were describing your own life about burnout it kind of creeps up on you doesn't it you know you yeah. kind of it, it, it sort of it just chips away at you day by day doesn't we it? said to, uh, we used to do consultancy years ago and we don't do it anymore but I, I can remember when we both did it we said we'd never really appreciated how intense it is working in a as a dentist you sort of we, we, if we're like a bit fed up or something or we just want to break we can get up and go and have a coffee or go and have a chat with someone whereas you can't sort of in the middle of a, of a procedure say actually I'm just off <laughs> I'm going to go and have a drink and have a chat with someone it's it's so sort of focused burst of energy uh, and I hadn't really appreciated and I dealt with dentist fun, financing but actually working in a in a surgery and observing you realise how intense it is really uh, something else that occurs to me is there's there's increased talk about mental health and, and well-being. Is your view that the situation is generally getting worse and more people are being affected by it? Or is it that it's being talked about more so it's now more okay to talk about how we feel? Uh, has there been a significant change o- o- over the years? Or is it more just people now more willing to talk about it but it was there 20, 30, 40 years ago but it's not dealt with? I think to a certain degree, when you look at the research and the the kind of stats on burnout, um, pre-pandemic, so that was most of the research, um, I haven't really read any recent stuff um, post-pandemic, but it did look like the the rates of mental illness were increasing. And I think it is partly because we are talking about it more. People are perhaps um, going to seek services more people are a bit more open about it. Um, so I think it, it, it is all of that. Um, I think people are more open to really wanting a different life. It, it used to be a different culture, perhaps 20 years ago. You'd be expected to work very long hours, work on weekends, and that was your, the way you'd get forward. Um, and I think the new generation, um, are a lot more questioning of, of that ideal, that that isn't what happy looks like to them. Um, they want a meaningful life, uh, a work where, uh, a work-life balance or harmony, I would say, um, and they don't want to work themselves to the ground. They won't accept burnout as a badge of honour. Um, whereas perhaps the culture, you know, 20 years ago was you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work a lot because I'm young and I should be working and doing all these extra shifts. And that's how I'm going to improve and get better. I think now there's a, a real question whether that's sustainable um, and whether that that should be what success is anyway. Um, and so I welcome that, that, that kind of change in attitude because it's, certainly isn't sustainable. Um, If you think of the pandemic stresses, um, the additional pandemic stresses, um, that's kind of added to the plate. Um, I think it it is really positive that 
we are thinking about our well-being and prioritizing it in a way that we weren't before. Um, maybe it was, um, you know, we'll get everything done and that's our me time and our um, kind of psychological health will be dealt with once we've done all the other bits. Um, and I think there, there has been a general questioning of that, um, mm. particularly in, in the West, in Western societies. Which is crazy, like, isn't it, to neglect yourself over and above so many other things and then I'll look after myself when I've got some time. Yeah, yeah, It's, it's a, it's a yeah. concept, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's crazy and I certainly would fall under that trap as well myself and, and that's that's part of the road to burnout as well. Um, but And also just not knowing what psychological tools I could do to prevent mm. um, certain things as well, so the, the occupational hazards. So um, I think once, you, once you've tooled up with, with those aspects and you know how to look after yourself, mentally um that's uh, absolutely massive when it comes to building resilience mm. and that mm. quality of life and optimism and happiness levels um and so yeah just asking kind of check-in questions and the right questions about um what you're going to take on having boundaries um perhaps not doing absolutely everything on your day on your to-do mm. list maybe just focusing on a few things and then having space making space for your well-being um and again that's a journey for me as well everything i'm teaching i'm trying to implement and, and integrate in my own life um i've got a lot of goals um i could work like a robot and just you know just work because i love love what i'm doing with my ninja and um, i'm using my strengths but that that isn't a sustainable so uh, no. yeah and you were saying about you involved in the, um, the creation of the Empowering Women in Dentistry. As a profession, um, dentistry lends itself very well to, to, to women working in the profession. And, and in my experience, some of the best dentists I've seen in terms of their soft skills tend to be women. Um, does does mental health discriminate on based on sex? Uh, are men affected by it more than women? Is it doesn't, doesn't it work like that? Um. I haven't actually, there, there isn't any stats on this in dentistry. Um, and, and my feeling is that it impacts both men and women. Mm. I think with men, with men, sorry, the, the difficulty might be uh, sharing about their mental health. Whereas with women, not, not all women, but it might be easier for us to talk to each other um, and connect. And we've got that sense of um, sharing about our emotions and thoughts. Um, so I think there is that, that kind of barrier that perhaps men mm-hmm. might have. Um, but yeah, certainly I think it, I do believe it, it impacts all of us. Um, and I think the key thing to remember is that we're all on a continuum. So it doesn't matter who you are, you're, you're somewhere on that continuum. And that's based on your genetics. Um, and we also know that protective factors and risk factors means that we shift up and down that continuum. Um, and then obviously what life throws at us, you know, are, are you going through a difficult time at work? Have you got a patient complaint? Are you um, go, are you grieving at this point, et cetera? All of those things mean that you'll shift up and down that. So um, I think it's key to remember that it doesn't matter who you are, what sex, gender, ethnicity, because mm-hmm. I'm sure culture also does impact this actually. Yeah, um, so culture, 
we're all in, we're all impacted by um, uh, by all of these um, variables. So it's just really thinking about how we can boost those protective factors because mm. that's what we've got control over. You know, we can't control mm-hmm. our genes, and we certainly can't control what life um, throws at us at times. So um, the work I'm doing with mind injuries is hopefully to help boost your protective factors and um, help you shift towards that positive mental health. Mm-hmm. And just, and just on my ninja how, how do people access that what are the what are the sort of services available through my ninja to, to dentists so i coach one-to-one um, and we focus on specific well-being concerns um, i also do team training so i can come to your practice and and train for half the day or the full day um, I, I work with organizations mostly currently um, and I deliver um, either webinars or well-being workshops or programs. Um, and uh, for example, uh, we're doing a mindfulness uh, program in May currently. Um, and then last year, we had a couple of rounds of a positive psychology program. Um, and that's literally getting a bunch of people together, dental professionals and um, really helping them integrate well-being in a meaningful way over that month. Um, and I also speak at events, so conferences, podcasts. I've got the well-being um, toolkit, Mind Flossing, um, as well, so you can purchase that uh, via the shop. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of ways that, that um, I can help. Um, I'm really keen to, to customising, so if there is a practice or an organisation that's interested in something unique, um, I'm very keen to to help, um, and yeah, there's there's lots of ways that um, we can um, really help integrate well-being and create this positive culture within your team. So, do you still deliver any dentistry at all, or have you have you, yes. have you hung the hand pieces up? <laughs> no, I do. I do. I'm I'm a dentist for three days. And then every other second is uh, is my ninja. So um, yeah, I'm juggling. Oh, and you're looking after yourself. I am actually, honestly, <laughs> like I've I've never been happier. This brings me so much meaning. And and like I said, um, I'm really mindful of what I'm teaching about uh, work life harmony um, and making sure that my goals align with my values. All of these things, are, all of the teachings from positive psychology, I you know draw on, um, and it's just as much as it is for for me as it is for mm-hmm. the people I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really um, incorporate well-being. You know, part of my morning routine is going for a walk in nature every day, and it's made a massive impact when it comes to um, boosting my levels of like engagement and flow. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I. I would say I've never been happier and I think it's I, I believe it's because I am really helping to serve people and I've got a big sense of meaning which I didn't have before that was kind of missing um, and I, I also believe that my dentistry is better as a result of it um, because I can now search for meaning in my interactions with patients in a way I wasn't I can search for gratitude at work or I can create these high quality connections and positive relationships in a way that I wasn't prioritizing before because well-being mm. wasn't high up there um, and it is now so um, mm. I, I think, think it's interesting thinking back to what you're saying when you did work experience as a 16 year old with that chap down in Kent 
you've always become full circle and you've become that person in that you're having those connections. And I don't know if you run late or not, but, <laughs> but you, you're, you're having those conversations. Think, yeah. it's, it's, it's the adage, as long as you charge for those conversations, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, those conversations are so key, though, because they get me through my day. It's not the physical act of dentistry that's so exciting mm-hmm. for me. I think it's more those um, those connections with with mm. people and, and the um, privilege that we have to talk to people every day and, and really help them um, is absolutely amazing. And you know, I've I've had conversations. Um, you know, you wouldn't have thought you'd have them in, in dentistry, but like patients have opened up about um, you know traumatic events, or you know, I've been able to connect with them because of my mm. divorce or my burnout or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and it's those moments where I'm thinking, wow, like yes, I did a bit of dentistry, but the big thing was we connected, and I know they're happy as a result, and I'm so happy as a result. Um, and you know, I think that's really, really meaningful. That relationship thing is so important, isn't it? We sort of say, you know, business is about relationship. You know, if you have a relationship and it works, then the money comes later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that thing. It's it sounds like you've, well, you've absolutely found your passion and purpose. And in, in there, there's a risk as well, because when you are so passionate about something, it means so much to you. You just want to do it all the time. Yeah, it becomes obsessive, and, and I guess there's danger in there, isn't there? Because you kind of don't take those, those rests and those breaks. Yeah, just because you love it so much, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, but it but it is still it is still a, a form of work. And later on this year, you've got a, a book coming out as well, uh, Resilience and Wellbeing for Dental Professionals. What what can we expect from that? Is that going to be kind of a an amalgamation of all the things that we've talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, it's something totally different. <laughs> No, it is very much on well-being and positive psychology and introducing that to a dental professional. But I guess that the key um, difference from other books, firstly, there just isn't anything on well-being currently. So that's absolutely massive. Um, Secondly, it's kind of breaking down psychology in a way that we can really relate to it. As a dental professional, um, lots of well-being uh, worksheets so you can integrate well-being in a practical sense. And I think that was like really exciting uh, to bring um, well-being um, trackers, so scales that you can use so you can monitor your, your well-being. Um, there's a burnout gauge so you can work out whether you know, you're experiencing burnout in the first place. Um, a lot of us don't know that... We are going to burn out very, very late. Do you actually know we're burning out? Yeah. Or do you just extinguish? It's that thing that you were saying before about um, lots of the tools and the tactics are about being preventative rather than waiting for it to happen and then recover. Mm. Spot the signs early and make a slight adjustment because mm. you don't end up going down that road. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I, I guess the, the also difference is that I'm really focused on increasing those positive well-being markers. So certainly like reducing burnout as well and anxiety and managing things like imposter syndrome and perfectionism, which are all really kind of important aspects um, as a dental professional. But I really wanted it to be focusing on how you can increase things like engagement at work, um, Mm -hmm. how we can increase our quality of life our levels of optimism, feel more connected with others, um, create those positive work cultures 
um, and help our teams as well um, boost those positive uh, well-being markers and, and really kind of flourish. So my, my key is we, or, or what I really want to get across is that we don't have to just accept that it's about reducing um, kind of uh, negative uh, markers. It's all just also about thriving and happiness um, and those optimal states. And how do we get to those optimal states? Um, so I hope that's what people get from the book. Um, you know, it's, it's literally for everyone. Um, I think we're covering lots of different and um, beautiful aspects. Um, I've got a bit of psychology of time as well, which isn't really discussed much in, in well-being. Um, lots on strengths as well. So in, in dentistry, we tend to focus sometimes a lot on weaknesses. Mm. Um, so it's a slightly different approach where you're doubling down on your strengths. Um, How big is this book? Flip. There's a lot in it. <laughs> it's like a big weighty tome. Or well, it is actually. You're right. It's uh, 12 chapters. And wow, it's a huge amount. It, it's it. big. It took me two years and um, wow. it's my baby. So I'm, I'm very excited to have it out there. There's a resilience framework as well for dental professionals. And, and like I said, this is new, breaking ground here because... I, I don't know why it just hasn't happened yet. Um, and I'm I'm just honoured that I, I get to be someone who presents. I think your timing, your timing could be yeah. spot on. And also what I like is see, it's for dental professionals. This is kind of for the whole team. Yes. As opposed to it just being for, you know, keeping one person in the team in, in the best shape possible. And everything's joined up. So it, it should apply to everybody now. So it's a huge when you when you sort of unpack it, it's like there's so many layers. The old onion thing, there's yeah. so many layers of it, and it's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a one day course. You can fix no. it all, is it? Oh, I'm done. I'm, no, I'm happy. I'm you, done. You're obviously incredibly creative and also a deep thinker. Is there one thing that you've worked out that most people haven't? I, I don't know if it, I don't think I'm the only one who's worked this out. I think there's lots of people like me, so I'm, I'm definitely not gonna take the credit for this but I, I think it's magical when you realize that you can make a big difference to your life um, by taking intentional steps forward um, and doing well-being activities um, and really doing this intentionally can increase your happiness um, so I, I think that's been really really um, like a pivotal learning for me um, and also just prioritizing happiness rather than chasing um external factors such as money um mm. or fame or whatever it might be for you i think it's been a big uh, lesson that i've learned through positive psychology um and what happiness could look like i mean often it's this elusive thing where we're looking to live our life and, and, until we've achieved that next goal um and so it's been really lovely to to learn more about the science of happiness mm -hmm. and just apply that. chasing something instead of enjoying the moment exactly to the next thing yes yeah. yeah so just being more mindful present and also just realizing that happiness um it can you know it can be a very it can be about getting this heightened pleasure but also there's happiness in serving others and having meaning um, and i really like mm -hmm. that definition of of happiness um, mm. because it's something you can really uh, integrate in a more daily way 
Um, you might not experience those elevated um, emotions of, of happiness, but you can certainly feel like gratitude um, and compassion and um, appreciation for uh, the things that you're, you're doing and the ways you can serve others. Um, and I think that's been really, really massive uh, for me um, and exciting to kind of incorporate that in a more daily way. Like I hadn't realized actually that meaning and having a purpose was so important to my everyday happiness um, until, uh, you know, until my journey and until my ninja was born. And then it kind of, it, it got me really excited about life and what I could do to help others. And I think that's what we're all looking for, aren't we? How, how we can potentially leave a legacy that's positive. Mm-hmm. I think what's really uplifting about the story is it, it, it started with a, a personal tragedy and adversity and the thing that's come out of it is so uplifting and powerful and has the potential to impact the whole profession and that's something lovely out of a, a hard situation that so much good came out of it and I guess that lots of other people can take that as a, as a, as a message for the things that you're delivering now that their situation can change, it can get better, there can be improvements and growth. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's what resilience is all about. And, and mm. you know, I certainly don't think I'm the only one who's, go, who's gone through challenges. I mean, we all do. Um, mine wasn't as bad as plenty of other people's, um, you know, challenges. So really, um, if there is a, a way that I can remind people that, you know, we are all resilient and it's about um, kind of navigating that adversity with these internal tools these psychological tools as well as the external kind of communities and and those aspects um i think that's super powerful because you know life is full of those ups and downs and so um it's it's almost like a superpower i think you know once we know how to manage um those emotions intelligently then we're just more likely to sit with those difficult emotions but kind of beyond that we can harness positive emotions and you know thrive and flourish so mm. i think um I, you know I, i'm excited to see this uh, resilience training and mindfulness etc with children um i don't know if you've noticed you go into uh, waterstones and there's so much literature now for kids so there is a culture change it's happening um, it's it's going to be, I think, the future, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, being those tapping, curriculums. Yeah, teaching children to tap in school, you know, stuff like that. Tapping. Yeah, tapping, it's like pressure points and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting, yeah. yeah. My daughter does uh, interesting stuff. It's fascinating, the mindfulness Amazing. You know, in primary school. Yeah. To stop them getting stressed and all that sort of stuff. It's fascinating. Exactly. I think those tools are really powerful. You know, you learn them early on and we can prevent all sorts of things. Um, and we're just better prepared for life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Oh, I think, I think it's brilliant. I, we, we really appreciate your time. It's it's a very different <laughs> side. Book. Yeah, but it's a very different side to, to, to life and also dentistry. Um, and yeah, so I'm sure the listeners will take a, a huge amount from that very kind of, you know, peek behind the curtain in terms of what it is and, and how you do it. Um, and that's, I think, you'll look for that book when that book turns out later in the year. We always finish in the same way. We ask our guests the same two questions. So our first question for you is if you could be the fly on the wall in a situation, where would you be? What would you be looking in on? 
I think this is a wonderful um, question, and there's so many. Is it going to be deeper? <laughs> there's so many different <laughs> points I could have chosen, but I, I think I'm going to go with the Big Bang. Um, like, wouldn't it be wicked to have been there, you know, during that moment where it's pitched, you know, black darkness, and then the Big Bang happens? So I think I will go with that moment when uh, the whole world was created. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that's a good one. So we'd get a definitive answer to the questions in the middle or at the end. <laughs> no, that's a great answer, great answer. And then our last question is, uh, if you could meet anybody, who would you like to meet? Living or dead, fact or fiction? So I, I was thinking it's so hard to narrow it down to, does it have to be one person or can it be a selection of people, it has to be worked. No, that's not go the on, game. No, 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 I'll tell you what, God, God, you've been you've been so pleasant. We'll let you have a selection just it's this a, one time. It's the New Zealand rugby team. <laughs> so I would say, um, and maybe this is a bit boring of me, but honestly, this is this would literally blow my mind. But I would love to get all my favourite positive psychologists together for uh, picking their brains, having a dinner with them. So I mean, I'm going to say names. You're not going to know who these people are, but. Kristen Neff, who's the lead researcher on self-compassion, the founder of Positive Psych, Martin Seligman, Carol Dweck, the writer of um, Growth Mindset. And the Duck Quest, uh, who wrote Grit, all of these absolutely amazing um, people that are um, just changing things and, and doing absolutely amazing things. I'd love to learn from them and how I can integrate that into dentistry and help more people. So, um, yeah, get them on the phone. <laughs> we can organise it for you. <laughs> now, that would be an amazing dinner. Yeah, I, I think it would be really cool. And I, I, a very positive dinner. <laughs> yeah, I hope that one day that, that will happen. And I'm going to make it happen at some point. I'm going to meet these people. Um because I, I just think it's going to be really, really cool to learn um, more mm, from these visionaries. Lovely. Brilliant. Well, Marwuk, we appreciate your time. I think your story is amazing. I gonna think we're going to see a lot more of you in dentistry. Um, and we'll look forward to your book later on in the year. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I've had such a great time. Thank Cheers. you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.